standing, turn to the book of Malachi. That's your last book in the Bible. In the Old Testament, I should say. The last book in the Bible is the book of Revelation. Somebody, I expected somebody to go crazy and say, no, pastor, that's wrong. Nobody said anything. Is anybody out there today? Are y'all okay? Oh, Jesus. The book of Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So if you have your, your Old Testament and New Testament Bible, if you go to the last book right before the New Testament, it's called the book of Malachi. <clears throat> we're going to read in verse number one. Actually, we're going to start in verse six. And if you're there, you can say amen. I'm going to read a couple of verses here, a few verses. I don't know how many I'm going to read. I want to go down to verse 14 to kind of highlight uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Malachi, chapter number one, starting in verse six. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor, would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts. But now entreat God's favor that he might be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you who would shut the doors? so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name. Jump down to verse 12. But you profaned it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled and his fruit and his food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness. And you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen, the lame and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this? from your hand, says the Lord. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his hand, in his flock, a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among all the nations. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Help us, Lord, to realize the holiness of your greatness and of your power toward us. God, you called us to be holy and a peculiar people, called by your name. We're to, to be those that represent you well in the earth. And you are and have demonstrated you're a great God doing great and mighty things even till this present day. God, will you help us to understand who you are? Help us, Lord, even as we're sitting and listening. Holy Spirit, speak through me this word of life that your people might be forever changed, encouraged, and built up in your most holy faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. 
we had kicked off this series entitled Homeland, for those of you who are just learning about our series. The series is called Homeland. And the series is designed to address the things we need to do and be to become and to be, continue to become a great church. And so we kicked off uh, our series talking about relationships. We dealt with relationships. We understood in that particular message that healthy churches are built on healthy relationships. Everybody likes stuff that is healthy. We talked about conflict resolution. We talked about encouraging one another with our words, how that this is part of our DNA in which God has made us. We talked last week about faith. We understand that when it comes to the things of God, everything about God, when we want to try to pull down what is in heaven and pull it down the earth, we have to talk, we, we have to utilize faith. The Bible, we, we, we actually talked in James, we talked about James where it says that faith without works is dead. And so God challenged us that if we really believe God, if we really believe in God for something, then, then we need to live our lives reflected of what we believe. Um, we will go, as we said last week, as far as our faith will take us. And so if we're going to be a great church. We got to have great relationships. We got to have healthy relationships. We got to be a people that walk by faith and not by sight. And thirdly, we want to talk today about uh, uh, service. And what I mean by that is I'm talking about what you offer to God, how you bring your offering, your service to God. And and, and, and this, is a, a, this is a very, very important subject because you understand uh, that God is a God of, of excellence. And I don't know if all of us have been taught that, but there are certain things about our God. And one of the things that you've seen, if you, if you study uh, the Bible, in the, in, particularly in the, in, in, the book, in the Old Testament, you saw over and over again that God was really demanding a, a, a kind of, of a, a perfection, if you would, uh, attention to details. And, and even in that day, even till this day, it's never uh, right for us to just offer God any old thing. And today, we don't offer animals and, and, and stuff like that. And, and church ought to say amen. I, I, I don't like dead animals in Jesus' name. If I had to do that, I don't know if I had to call on somebody. But, but, but we offer something else. We offer, first and foremost, we offer our lives. And then, out of our lives, we offer God that which is due his name. How many know that a great God deserves excellent service? Come on. God is a great king, and he deserves nothing but our best. And so in this particular message, I will talk primarily about our service in the house of God, in the church. But having said that, I want you to understand that, that, that your service to God goes beyond the four walls of this building. And so what I mean, what I simply mean by that is that, that every place where God has you, you are first and foremost a servant to the most high God. You, if you have a job, raise your hand. Oh, look at it. That's why everybody, I'm glad y'all got jobs. That's a good thing. Someone, now look at the name and say, praise Jesus, I got a job. Come on. That's right. Praise God, I got a job. Who gave you that job? Now, I know that some of you might, oh, man, I, I went out and I got this job. You know, I, I did this by my own strength, my own prowess. I was able to pull it. No, you won't. God gave you the breath, the air, the wisdom, the skill, the ability. Everything you have, God gave it to you. Watch this. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. All right? So watch this. So then if it comes to God, if it comes from God, then who am I accountable to? Let me, let me, this is not difficult, church. If it comes from God, then who am I first accountable to? God. Because he gave it to me. So it doesn't matter where I am. If it, it doesn't matter where I am in life. I am first a servant of the most high God. And when we come to church, the church really should reflect or be the outworking because it's kind of like the training ground by which we learn how to live life as the people of God. And that life that we live 
a, a translate beyond the walls of here and we live a life of excellence wherever we go. If I had time, and it's not part of my message today, but, but, but Joseph in the Bible, y'all remember Joseph was a, a, a young man, and, and you don't have, I don't have time to, to go there, but in Genesis chapter 37, you can read it in your own time. A young man who had dreams, had visions, and all of a sudden his brothers got jealous. Anybody ever had anybody jealous of them? Uh, yeah. And, and brothers got jealous and threw him in a pit, sold him off into Egypt. Joseph ends up in a foreign land. He don't know the people, don't know the culture. He had to learn the language. Everything is new. This man, after he gets to where he's going, he's, he, he just decides, you know what? I'm, I'm out of my homeland. I've been treated wrong, but I'm going to give God my best right where I am. Well, Joseph gives God his best. He serves God and and, and Potiphar's house, Potiphar was the person that he was accountable to, but, 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 but he, he serves God with, with excellence. And, and the Bible says that Potiphar didn't even have to worry about anything because Joseph had an excellent spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to have an excellent spirit. Yeah, you need to have an excellent spirit. And so Joseph has such an excellent spirit. Well, all of a sudden, Joseph now gets thrown in the prison for something he didn't even do. Got accused of rape. Didn't do it. Didn't touch the woman. I would say that that's a good case, a good time to be pretty mad about life. Come on, church. My family rejected me. I'm in prison. And now I'm in jail for something I didn't. You know what Joseph said? Joseph said, you know, right where I am, I'm going to be a blessing. And you know what he did? Instead of sitting there, how many know he had every reason to complain? He had every reason, why well, I hate being in this jail. This is terrible. I didn't do anything. He could have just got in this corner. He, got, he could have gotten mad at everybody and said, I'm, I'm just going to wreak havoc in here. Now, Joseph, the Bible said that Joseph became, he had such an excellent spirit that, that the jailer, he had favor with the jailer, and, and, the jail, and look, basically turned the jail over to him. So Joseph then is in jail now. No fault of his own, and he's in, but, but, but Joseph, but when he did stuff, he didn't do it haphazardly. He did it with all of his heart. He put his heart into it. How many know when you put your heart and soul into stuff, God will bless you? Oh, come on, church. Let me tell you something. Let me, when you do it for God and you do it with all of your heart and soul in the name of Jesus, you're going to be blessed. That's just the way God operates. Now, you say, Pastor, well, you don't understand what situation I, it doesn't matter what situation you're in. What matters is, is where you are, because somewhere I read in the Bible that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Did anybody, right? So the, the steps of a good man. So the steps of the righteous, the, the Bible says a, a man ponders his ways, but, but God directs his step. Ultimately, God is in control of every aspect of my life. So then he expects me to serve him wherever I am. Well, I don't like my job. I don't like where I'm living. I don't like, I, you know, how many know that complaining is a non-starter with God? These are not even in my notes. I'm just talking to you. It's a non-starter. God, how many know God never likes complaining? Because, because when we complain, we're, we're in essence saying, God, why ain't you doing something? I don't like this. God, what's the problem? And, and God take offense to it. Y'all hear what I'm saying? God takes offense to it. So we understand that God expects us, like Joseph, to have an excellent spirit of service. And so it, it brings us here to <laughs> it brings us here to this passage here in, Mal in Malachi that we just read. Um, how many know, if you know anything about the Old Testament, the priests were, were leaders, and oftentimes they had to offer gifts and sacrifices for the people, and, uh, you know, they had a job to do, and, uh, and they were leaders, and they were ordained to do that job, but they fell into a situation where they just got, uh, they just forgot who they were serving. So part of this message today is, I want to call you, I want to call you back to remember who it is that you're serving. Because I want you to understand that if you're not careful in your life, you will develop a bitter, bad attitude, not realizing that the reason that you're stuck where you are because your attitude has not shifted. Y'all hear what I'm saying? 
You can have an ugly, nasty, bad attitude. There's never a reason to have a bad attitude about what God is doing in your life. Because I, here's one of the things I know. Uh, God, God is going to bless me. I, I, watch it. I know that no matter what I'm going through, if I haven't, I, I talked to a sister last night. She said, haven't done all the stand, stand. If I don't know nothing else, if I know if I walk with God, like Enoch, <laughs> Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. In other words, God said, boy, your walk with me is so good, I got I to gotta bring you up here. He, he walked in, in sync with God. But when we walk in sync with God with an excellent spirit and we serve him, giving him our best, wherever he plants us, let me tell you something, blessing is on the way. Favor is on the way. Joseph was favored, didn't he? Was he not? For those who don't know, Joseph became the second in command of all of Egypt. From rags to riches. The true story. So here is these guys, these priests in the book of Malachi. Malachi is a prophet. And God would oftentimes use prophets to send the word to his people. So Malachi is the prophet and he's noticing something and God sees that these priests have fallen into a kind of a, a category where they were just mundane, routine, wasn't giving God their best. In other words, as we read here, they, were, they had come to a place that they just started going through the motions. No faith, no expectation. Ah, I'm just going to do this. As if to say that they're doing God a favor. You know, there are some people who come to church like that sometimes. They show up and they think that they do God a favor by showing up. How many know you don't do God a favor by showing up? You do God a favor by worshiping him with your whole life. You do God a favor when you understand that he created you for him, for his glory, he what it's not the other way around. The priest, here they are, they're, they're supposed to know better. Come on, church. They're supposed to know. Man, when, I, when you serve God, when you're going to bring something to God, so this particular passage is not about animal sacrifices. If you think that's what this passage is, it's not about that. It's about an attitude. God got a problem with their attitude. And when your attitude is wrong, you give stinky, rotten service back to God. So the attitude needed to be adjusted. And so here's the first point. So the first point we must understand is that bad service dishonor God. Say that with me. Bad service dishonor God. Bad service dishonor God. So here are these men, they were serving in the house of God, and, 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 and it starts off, and God says to them, he says in verse 6, he says, a son honors his father, and a servant his master. If, if I'm your father, where's my honor? God says, he says, wait a minute, you, you call me your father, and, 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 and you say I'm, I'm, I'm your savior, I'm the great God, but you don't honor me. Where is my honor? And particularly, God was talking and God was indicting them because their service was, was dishonorable to God. And God looked at their service, their poor service, as a dishonoring of him personally. So we see here that God was paying attention. Come on. Come on, church. Let me, let me, let me say this to you because we're talking, about, we're talking about church. We're talking about church life and where we are. But I want you to understand that God is paying attention to everything that you're doing. You know, when you decide to cut corners, how many know God is paying attention? When you decide that I'm going to cheat on my taxes, how many know God is paying attention? How many know that, that, that when you want to lie and deceive and manipulate, how many know God is paying attention? God was paying attention. I mean, everything on the outside looked right. I mean, hey, I'm there. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm bringing the animals. But God says, no, you, 
Your attitude sucks, and now you're bringing to me bad stuff. You know, Old Testament, whenever they offer offerings of animals like this, because, it, you know, the offering of animals was really a picture of the, of the Christ to come. The blood, the, the blood of, of bulls and goats could never take away the sin of man. Only Jesus could take them away. All of this was just an act. It was, it was just a, 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 a schooling to teach us to, to bring us to Christ. That's what all this was all about. And so, and so these priests now, who are supposed to be offering the best, they, they knew by law they couldn't bring anything that was lame. They couldn't bring anything that was sick. They couldn't bring anything that was broken, any animal. So you know what they did? They just got to a point. They said, you know what, we're just going mm, you know, to bring an animal, sick animal. We're going to bring it up here. I mean, I mean, what doesn't matter? You know, we can do the same thing as church people. You know, we can just serve God in no kind of way. You know, I'll, I'll just be late. I'll just do what I want to do. I'll just offer. You know, I'm, I know I'm supposed to do it this way, but I'll just cut corners. I mean, who's, who's, who's noticing? I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, really. Nobody's going nobody to come anyway. Why do, I need to, why, why do I need to do all this? Oh, you don't get it. Because you're first, you understand, you're serving the most high God. You're accountable to God. And we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But God was paying attention. And, and he said, man, you offered the foul food. God says, he says, look, you offered the foul food in verse 7 on my altar. But you say, God, what do, we, what do you mean? What do you mean, God? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, how do we offer the foul food? I mean, come on, God. I mean, we put the thing up there. We did it. Great God. Demands great service and the best of everything. We don't cut corners with God. How do we do that today? You see, let me give you an example. So how, how do we offer the foul food today? So, so when we talk about something else, right? we're really talking about not giving God what we know we should give him. Not, not giving God our best. Oh, and, and, and well, you know, and, and how many know, and this, I had to learn this a long time ago. I had to learn this a long time ago because I wasn't always there. I serve God every week. And God told me years ago, he says, when you prepare to speak, when you prepare to do anything for me, you do it as if you're preaching to 2,000 and it may only be one. Every week when I prepare, are y'all listening to me say amen? Because I can cut corners, can't I? Oh, well, you know, I'm just not going to study today. You know, and the people ain't going to show up. In fact, the folks are already talking about they ain't coming to jail. Why should I even go through all this preparation, spend hours in the word of God praying? And why should I do this act of futility? I could be that way, right? Cut corners, you know. Hey, well, I, well you know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do the minimum. I, I, you hope it gets by. And the whole time God is saying, you don't understand that you belong to me, that you're offering this to me. How many know that, that, that this is the church that Jesus built? Oh, y'all don't, don't get that. Okay, let me try this again. Jesus said, I will build my church. He's talking to me. He said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. How many know this is Jesus' church? Well, let me try that again. How many know this is Jesus' church? This is Jesus' church. Every church in Jesus' name is Jesus' church. It's his. All we are are servants in his house. We're to carry on his work, and we're to serve as if, because he is, God is watching. Lack of preparations to foul food. So let's just say, oh, you know what? You know, this is how we do. We, we sometimes, as, as believers... You know, I've been around for a lot of years. You know, we, we don't prepare like we should. And, and then we wait till the last minute and things don't go right. And then we say, oh, the devil's, oh, the, look at the devil. Now, it, it the devil, it was you giving place to the devil because you didn't prepare. If you got to teach a lesson, if you got to work a sound, if you got to sing, how many know you need to prepare? Everybody say prepare. Prepare, prepare. Prepare. And well, the devil, it ain't got nothing to do with the devil. It has to do with you not preparing and you not giving God your best. You can rebuke the devil all day long, but at some point you're going to flip the fingers back on yourself. Can you imagine the priest saying, well, the devil, the devil, like, 
Flip Wilson, he, the devil made me do it. I remember Flip Wilson or something. Everybody here, nobody knows who Flip Wilson is. All right. So I got somebody like that. Yeah, I remember Flip Wilson. The devil made me do The devil made you do nothing. The Bible says don't give place to the devil. So how many know, how do, the Bible said the devil goes about like a roaring lion. In other words, he's trying to find out where there's crack, no, fun, no pun intended, where there's cracks in the foundation. And when he can find a crack, he attacks. We, on the other hand, we sit back, oh, the devil. No, you ain't prepared. How many know when we don't prepare, it's bad. It's the foul food. We're not, giving, we're not giving God what is due him. A bad attitude. How many know your boss and your job, they'll fire you if you ain't prepared? Come on. Uh, yeah, you go to work, you'll work your butt up. You'll get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, drive in traffic, complain. I mean, yeah, but you'll still do it every single day in your life. And you show up to work, and you work, and you work. And then you come into the house of God and you just, uh, well, whatever. Oh, it's the church. What, what, you know, so what? Church is where it starts. <laughs> it's where it starts. It doesn't stop here. It starts here. This is where we learn to become what God wants us to be. Why? Because my whole life is lived in the presence of Almighty God. And a bad attitude. We're going to address that in a moment. Or simply just going through the motions. These are examples of the foul food on the altar. How many know? God says in verse number eight, look at verse eight. He says, He says, when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, he says, when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Watch this. Here's what God says offer it then to your governor. <laughs> he said, Look. Offer that to your president. Offer that to your leaders. What you just did, offer that to them. They wouldn't even accept that. Why would you bring that to me knowing who I am? I'm a great God, God says. And my name will be feared among the nations. How many know that if somebody great was coming in here, I mean, you can name it, whether it's a president or somebody had influence, you know, Y'all know they wouldn't accept it if the place was dirty, things were left undone, nobody was there to greet them with a smile, nowhere to sit, terrible food. And nobody would expect anybody to accept that. Nobody who's popular, who's famous, and and probably more than likely, if somebody is popular and famous, I've seen people do it, man. It's like, boy, you you can tell what people's faith are. Because, man, oh, some such and such is coming today. Oh, Oh, people get to church early. Boy, I got to get there real early. Got to see brother so-and-so, sister so He's a popular singer. Oh, popular. He's a, oh, I got to get to church early. Ooh, get my best stuff on. Ooh, I get to church early. Well, what's the, oh. The best has been coming every week. The best, the greatest shows up every week. God shows up amongst his people. And we step into the thing of God, the stuff of God. We come late, we come haphazardly, and, 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 we, and then we just say, ain't no big deal. It's an attitude. It's an attitude. Why, now, why do I say this? I, I, I say this because until you learn to get your eyes off a of man and put them on God, you will never really be what God wants you to be. Never. You're first a servant of the most high God. So then I'm going to give God the praise. I'm going to live my life. I'm listening to me. I'm going to be a person that, that, that God, 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 I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor the things of God. I'm not going to walk in. I'm not going to give you bad service. I'm not going to be late. I'm not, I'm not going to just bring you anything, God. But I do for you. I'm going to give you 120% because you deserve the best from me. I'm not giving you nothing less, God. I'm doing this for you. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of that loud mouth pastor, but God, I'm going to do it for you. If, listen, if you don't like me, fine. Do it for Jesus. Do it for him. Give him your best. Ah, oh, it, it got a little quiet. All right. So watch this. He says in verse number 10, he says, He says, who is there among you 
who would shut the doors. Wow. So we see God was paying attention to what was happening. God sees. God said, he said, I wish that there was somebody in the place who would just shut the doors. Simply put, God was saying, if you're not going to give me your best, if you're, not, if you're not going to put your heart into it, God was saying, do me a favor, just, just sit down. Sit down. Sit down until you come to a place where you realize that you serve me. And when you're ready, bring me your best. Can anybody in here, would anybody here say God is worthy of our best? We're not talking about a man. We're not talking about a man. We're not talking about people. We're talking about God. We're talking about, about so he says, look, please, God was really, and, and that's what he's saying, look, if you're not going to come right, don't come. I'm not saying, y'all, y'all looking at the verse? It says, who is there among you who would even shut the doors because of their attitude? This was a bad example. This is God indicting the kind of attitude that will cause him to not be favorable to you and I. God wants our best, and he deserves our best. So how should we? So let's look at the positive side. Look at the neighbor and say, smile. Because some of you look, I, so, so, so I took you down a little bit, so now I'm going to bring you back up. Y'all ready to come back up? You ready? I'm going to breathe. So how, how should our attitude be? The Bible says in Philippians 2, verses 5 and 8, I love this verse. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Wow, I love this verse. Who being in the form of God. In other words, Jesus knew exactly who he was. God in flesh. Jesus knew who he was. He didn't have an identity crisis. He understood who he was, and he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He did not consider it a robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Look at this. Taking the form of a bondservant, coming to him in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. How many know that we ought to follow Jesus' example? How many know Jesus gave it all? In, in sports terms, Jesus left it all on the field. How many know we got to have the same kind of attitude? Jesus served and Jesus gave his best. How many know Jesus was devoted? Come on, you're sitting in here today because Jesus was devoted. Jesus was devoted to you when you weren't even devoted to him. He was devoted to you when you want nothing to do with him. He was always, he was always devoted. His love never fails. He was invested. There was no shortcuts. Jesus, watch this. Jesus kept his focus on God. Y'all hear me? Because sometimes, let me tell you something right now. You see, listen, say amen. Sometimes if you're not careful, people will drive you crazy. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? People, man, will mess you up. People will drive you. People will have you thinking like, man, what's going on? People will make you sometimes want to get into a corner and just die. If you let them. People will always let you down. People will always, uh, you know, you just, you know, you, you, people are sinful. There are issues with people. And you know what? I happen to be one of those people. So we're all broken, right? We all need the mercy of God. We all need the mercy of God. And, and so, but think about Jesus. Think about what he endured. The pain the suffering, the beatings, the mockings. And how many know that Jesus kept his focus on God the whole time? You see, when you keep your focus on God, no matter what happens to you, you're going to give God excellent service. But see, Jesus could have got mad. You know, they yelled at him. They said, if you're the son of God, why don't you come down off the cross? Now, you know, Jesus could have came down and wiped. He didn't even have to come down. He could have said, it is finished, and looked at them and poof. Blew every one of them up. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, he had power. They came to get Jesus. Y'all remember right, right before they, they, they arrested him? They were all looking around, where is Jesus? And Jesus said, I am he. And the scripture said they fell backward. 
I believe they just, I believe even at that moment, a little bit of that came out. I mean, how many know Jesus could have wiped them all out with one word? Because all things are held together by the word of his power. Jesus is holding everything together right now. Everything in your life, everything, everything in this earth, Jesus is holding it all together for his glory. And at that moment, even on the cross, where he could have got mad at the people for how they treated Oh, And by the way, his own disciples left him hooked. Look, they ran. At his moment, come on, anybody ever been betrayed? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Somebody ever, you know, at the moment when I really do need you, brother, at that moment when Jesus was going through it, the Bible said all the disciples, they Jesus, I will be with you. I will stay with you. Oh, I'm not going to leave you. As soon as the pressure came, they were gone. Jesus could have had a bad attitude, right? He could have said, them jokers, they left me. I can't believe they left me. I'm here. They left me all alone to have to do this by myself. I mean, what's up? But I mean, they just left me. And if you're not careful, you'll just be a bad. You'll let, what, you'll let them affect your attitude. And then your bad attitude, you're going to give God bad service. And nobody going to be blessed. You determine that you ain't going to let that happen to you. That you're going to always walk with an excellent spirit. You know what our excellent spirit is? What I mean by excellent spirit is that you understand that you're going to give your best to God. And when you find yourself being weak, you ask God for power. You ask God for strength. So God, right now I'm weak. God, right now I'm weak. Right now I don't feel this. But God, you need to come and help me because I know you want to do something amazing in my life. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24, wonderful verse. Everybody should just meditate on this verse. It's amazing. It'll keep you free. It says, whatever you do. Everybody say whatever. Whatever you do. Whatever, whatever, that means everything that you do in your life. Whatever you do, whatever you're involved in, your work, your play, whatever you do, watch this, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Isn't that what it says? Knowing that from the Lord, from the Lord, from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Watch this. For you serve the Lord Jesus. Now, now Christians that's been around for a while who've been walking this thing out, they understand this principle. And, and I always can identify a Christian that understands this. I was, I was having dinner last night with some dear friends of ours. And, uh, you know, everything is not, is not optimum the way that they want it to be. Things are not perfect. But, 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 but boy, you know that they, they love Jesus because they don't let nothing stop them. They just, you know, I got I to gotta give God. I got God. I got work to do. And, and they understand. And then, and then they say, well, you know what? I just give it to God. How many know God just want us to give it to him? He said, look, sir, whatever you do it hardly, put your heart into it. Inside church, uh, certainly inside the house of God, because this is God's church. So you definitely want to look. You want to stop by making sure you do God, you do your best here in the house of God with each other. The Bible says the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. It's the habitation where God dwells because his people come together where two or three are gathered. God is there. Right? Whatever we do, do it heartily as to the Lord, watch this, and not to men. Now, Paul said that to the Galatian church because he knew one thing, that if they didn't watch it, men will make them mad and they'll lose their focus. Don't lose your focus. If you're doing whatever you're doing for God in the name of Jesus, make sure you're giving it to him. Make sure. He who is faithful with least, the scripture says, Luke 16, 10, is faithful with much. Faithful with least is faithful in much. How many know it's really about being faithful where you are? Do your best until you reach your best. Let me say that again. Do your best until you reach your best, the place you want to be. How many got goals and aspirations? Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, you know, right where you are. And, and listen, while you're en route, <laughs> to make up your mind, man, I'm going to have a great attitude. 
Man, I mean, I may have to cry sometimes going through it. Yeah, it's okay. You're human. I, you know, I got to cry sometimes. Sometimes it's hard. But, man, you know, Lord, I'm just going to, Father, I, I don't like the situation. I got to admit, Lord, but you know what? I thank you, God, that you're in control of this. God, you know, my, my wife today just really made up. But, God, I just think, Lord, my husband is acting up. But, Lord, I think, Lord, my boss, God, I just, God, I hate this job. There's such ungodly people there. Well, this. There's a reason that might be why you're there. But anyway, God, there's so ungodly people there. God, that just get me out. You're so infatuated with getting out, you're missing who God is trying to bring in. It's about attitude. It's about attitude. It's about being faithful with where you are. God is looking for people he can depend on. So finally, look at this. Finally, so I want, to, I want you to turn with me. Turn to 1 Kings real quick, chapter number 10. <clears throat> and I want to come back to our church. I'm going to end this right now. This is about uh, five or ten minutes. Pastoral, five or ten minutes. Some of y'all are scared when I said that. So here we see Solomon. Y'all remember Solomon. Bible says was the wisest and richest king that ever lived. Solomon was blessed of God. And Solomon, Solomon just was a man, you know, when he built the temple of God. I mean, Solomon, if you read it, Solomon, I mean, did nothing but the best. And I, I tried to look up some stuff, and there was such various opinions on it. I tried to do some research to try to figure out how much would the, the, the temple of God that was built, how much would that cost in today's dollars? And the numbers that I were hearing was outrageous because that, that temple was almost was built with so much gold and it, it was an amazing thing. But Solomon understood. Solomon had his problems. You read about Solomon, it talks about Solomon's issues. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived because God made him no way. He was the richest man that ever lived. God made him rich. But Solomon understood that he served a great God. And so Solomon wanted to build God this temple. He wanted to do this thing to, to show the world, God, just how awesome you are. Now, God said the heaven of heavens cannot contain me. I mean, no building can contain God. Y'all understand that, right? I mean, not really. But, 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 but God accepts our offering when, when we're giving him our best. Solomon spent... It was millions and, and, and even more in today's money just to build a house of God. Solomon had wealth. Solomon had fame. God had blessed this man. And so, watch, so, so kings from all over the world would come to hear from Solomon, hear the wisdom, and just to check out his kingdom. So there's this woman who's uh, from Africa, we believe, and she was, uh, she, her name was the Queen of Sheba. you find this in 1 Kings chapter 10. So she heard about Solomon, his wealth, his wisdom, and everything. She said, you know what? Let me go, let me, let me go check him out. How many know that, that when you serve God, right, when you do a really, really good job and you give your life to God, how many know God has got to put your name out there? You don't have to make a reputation for yourself. How many know, how many know when you pray and you talk to your God and you live in the presence of your God secretly, God will reward you openly? Because God bless people that honor him. Watch. You can go ahead and start playing, brother. It's fine. Now watch this. So look at verse number, chapter 10, verses 4 through 9. And I want to bring this back to Foundation Church. I want you to get this. It says, when the Queen of Sheba, I want you to hear this. When the Queen of Sheba, she came, has seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service, look at this, of his waiters, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers, and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. Look at this church. Mm -mm -mm. There was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, when the queen of Sheba saw this, she says, oh, 
it was true, which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and I saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame which I heard. Happy, happy, happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king. So we see here that Solomon, everything was decent and in order. How many know that God works in order? When something is not in order, when there's confusion, the Bible says there's demonic activity in every evil work. So in our church, we got to work hard to make sure that we minimize confusion. Because the spirit of confusion, it gets in the way of what God is trying to do. It's part of what the enemy do. Because at the root of confusion is distraction. And distraction keeps us from focusing on God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? So, so, so watch. So she sees what they, the attendance. She sees how they were dressed, which means that they put time into this. They thought about it. They served like they knew that somebody was coming. How many know Foundation Church? We need to serve God like we know somebody is coming. Are y'all hearing me this morning? And the entryway in which he went up to the house of God. Hadn't even got into the house of God yet. But just the way that they went up. How many know that the good service impresses before they come in? How many know that, that part of good service is that that when people drive up, man, this ain't our, this is not our school, this is not our building. But how many know that if we're here, then the presence of God is here. And we ought to treat it just like the house of God. The queen noticed that, watch this. The queen said, Man, the people are happy. She walked in there, she saw, she saw this thing, she heard. She said, Boy, the people are happy are your servants. How many know nobody walking around all oh, man? I'm tired of being in here. I'm just sick and tired. Oh, gosh. Is it doing something else? It's just, just tired. Oh. No, they were happy. They were like, man, I get to serve in the house of God. And, and, and how many know that, 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 that she, she saw it? Her entourage, they saw it. And how many know that people see our attitudes? How many know that we should be happy in the Lord? Your days of sadness should be over. If you got Jesus, you've got everything you need. You got everything you need. There are moments of sadness, but how many know we don't live in perpetual sadness? We are a happy people. If you walk in constantly and consistently depressed, full of anxiety, mad, you know, you need to, you need to take some time and get before the presence of God and get and take a bath. And get where you know you need to be. Happy! She's happy are your people. They're serving. Look at your servants. The Bible said the queen was floored. She said, look, she saw Solomon. You got to understand, Solomon honored God. Solomon loved God. And he demanded the best. And those people, I mean, the detail of everything they did was impressive. And the word got out because they had an excellent spirit in terms of how they served God. The queen, she, the Bible says, I like the, 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 the verbiage the Bible uses, says there was no more breath in her. She's like, oh, God, this, this is amazing. And as almost you can almost hear her saying, boy, every chance I get, I'm going to come take a look at this. So if I were to put that, if I were to put that in today's context as far as us, I would take that scripture just like he just said here, and I, I would say it something like this. And when they saw the cleanliness of our parking lot, the way our servants greeted at the doors, the order and the beauty of how we set up our tables, the enthusiasm and the setup of our children's and youth ministries, 
the cleanliness of our restrooms, the setting up of our chairs in the sanctuary, the beauty of our stage, the glory and the beauty of our music ministry, the detail and practicality of our sermons, the tightness of our recording, our media ministry, our love, our unity, and the happiness of our people, no more breath will be left in them. In other words, everybody that come through those doors at Foundation Church, we may not be a big church. I get it. We'll get there somehow, some way. We'll get there. But how many know it starts with where you are? But what we can do, we can give God our best. We can offer the best service. So when they walk in here, they, oh, wow. Man, look. Boy. Because they understand. And, and they will walk out here saying, blessed be your God. Because y'all know what we're going to do? We're going to give God all the glory. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. We're going to give him all the glory. Because we serve Christ. This is how we keep him coming. This is why we want to put out the best on our YouTube channel. This is why we have the best website, great advertisement. We want to, do an, we want to have an awesome Sunday presentation. Why? This is why we cannot be sloppy because God demands better. And when we don't give God our best, we will reap what we sow. Are y'all hearing me? That's a principle in the earth. You will reap what you sow. Spiritually, when you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow bad service, you're going to reap whatever we sow. What do we want? What kind of church do we want the place to be that we come every week? We want it to be a place of excellence. We want to give God our best. And like I, I always like to say, since I got to serve God anyway, he's my king. I'm going to make sure that I give him everything. Provided that we give God our best, that means not just throwing together last-minute stuff, and we give attention to details, serving with joy, with a great attitude, we would be a blessed church, and I believe they will keep coming. There's going to be a shift. People are going to start coming. Trust me. It's going to start happening in an amazing way. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. I like this verse. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always, 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 always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I know sometimes we have a tendency to think sometimes, well, you know, people are not responding. You didn't get the kind of response you wanted, the turnout you wanted. There's a temptation to say, oh, man, you know, this didn't work. Or I did it for nothing. Can I say something to you? If you still listen, say amen. Whatever you do for Jesus, in the name of Jesus, with a great attitude, hear me, it's never a waste of time. Never. Never. Do you hear me? If you prepare a class and nobody show up, I'm just saying, you prepare a table with food and nobody shows up, but all the while when you did it, you had a great attitude, you loved your God doing it, and you offered it to him, let me tell you, it's not in vain. He says you can be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you're not doing it for nothing. God is keeping record. That ought to motivate you. God is keeping record. On your job, God is keeping record. So if you're at your job and you don't like it, you just do good right where you are. I know sometimes at some point God's going to move you. I get it. God's going to give you another job. But while you're there, don't sour the place. <laughs> Represent your God with a great heart and a great attitude. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father in Jesus.